awesome. So we are on, and uh, today I'm joined by a very, by a very amazing and interesting guest, and uh, it's David Edwards, and it's going to be really interesting because we are going to discuss about a lot of things based on his work, and some of the stuff that he has done. He's, he has tremendous amount of experience, about 35 years in healthcare, if I'm not mistaken, right? 35 years, yes. Wow. So would you just do a, a bit of an introduction for our audience before I start asking any questions? You bet. <laughs> so my name is David Edwards, and as you noted, I've worked in healthcare for 35 years. I started in 1983. How old were you in 1983 in Google? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> That's a long time. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I was a young man like yourself, much like yourself. I was a young man and uh, I was going to college and I, I was making $3 an hour wow. uh, working for a private business, an entrepreneur, if you will, uh, who had a car rental agency. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and, and I saw an advertisement in the paper that mm -hmm. I could $7 an hour. And I thought, I am all over that. So I applied and I got this job at what's called a community health center. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and I worked there for six years. I graduated from school. Um, I got promoted a couple of times. Um, yeah. I became their kind of senior finance person mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. by the time I left. And, and I'll just fast forward. I took a year out of healthcare, which I hated, and I thought I need to get back <laughs> into healthcare. <laughs> and so I worked with the elderly. I worked with uh, cardiology, so hearts and uh, research and education. Um, I worked in Africa for a while in Nigeria. Okay. Um, my, my mask over here is from Nigeria. Oh, it's a peace mask. Uh -huh. I love this because I was talking to the artist yeah. um, in Nigeria there are four big tribal groups yeah, Yoruba, yeah. Igbo, Fulani and oh shoot the fourth one up north I can whatever anyways four big groups so they're like 400 small tribal groups mm -hmm. and the idea of the artist was to make a big mask for the big groups and then the little masks are the little groups and the wow. idea is that we can all be in the same band playing together and have peace and harmony with each other i just thought it was a beautiful thought and so yeah. i couldn't uh, go home without it <laughs> anyways um i worked with uh in the alaska so way north in the united states mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Canada, actually uh, and I worked with uh, tribal groups, so Native American or Alaska Native group there. Uh, okay. And then the last 10 years, I mostly worked with creating what we call integrated primary care. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's the idea that you and Kubu were born with a head, mm -hmm. a mouth, and a neck, and a chest, and arms, and legs. Everything when you were born was all connected. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm. Sure. And me and everybody who's watching or listening, it's the same. We are all born connected. And yeah. yet our health system has become divided, right? Mm. I go to a, a psychologist or a therapist, you know, for mental health problems. Mm -hmm. I go think the dentist for my mouth and I go to a cardiologist for my heart and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. so it's all divvied up. And what we wanted to do, at least at the level of primary care, was to say, you know, that's wrong. It's not just a bad idea. It's wrong because mm -hmm. it's not reflective of the reality that we're one whole person. And we have all these parts and pieces, but they're all connected and they all affect each other. So we need to work with people to see people mm -hmm. as whole human beings, yeah. right? Mind, yeah. body, mouth, everything's connected. So we had, you know, in our primary care center, we had medical care, we had dental care, we had behavioral health care, we had consultants, we had therapists, we had health coaches, um, we had diet programs, we had all kinds of, you know, all kinds of different things, exercise, Zumba classes, I mean, almost anything you could imagine. But the idea was, mm -hmm. when you come into the health center, we're not in charge. 
We may well, have a lot of stuff that can help you, but you are the captain of your own healthcare yeah, and yeah. your own healthcare journey. And most of that journey is outside the clinic, right? No matter how many things you come to us for, most of your life is outside of the clinic. And so we were, we had evolved this model to, I think to a point where we had super high quality and mm -hmm. people loved coming to see us. In fact, we had outgrown our building. I mean, really outgrown. I mean, I was the CEO, uh, my office was in a closet and I moved out of my closet so we could put three dentists in my closet. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and so we'd really outgrown and we had this wonderful opportunity to build a new health center. It would be twice as big. It's going to cost a lot of money. We had this wonderful group of people with all these different kind of perspectives, mm -hmm. including patients and community members who were informing us and guiding us in this process of designing a building to support a model of care that put you in charge and mm. that looks at you as a whole person. You have a physical self, a mental self, a spiritual self, you have a family yeah. life, right? You have social life. You have all these various elements and aspects of your life, but you are all connected as a whole. So that was the idea. We wanted this to be dramatically more effective, more powerful in helping people have a more successful health journey. Mm. And I had this epiphany. It was my first of two or three. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the first epiphany, this kind of like, wow moment, which is shocking. I think I'm a little slow sometimes. So after 30 some odd years of working, I realized unless we can help our patients Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. more successfully fulfill this role as the captain of their healthcare life, yeah. we would greatly limit the effectiveness of this new health center. Because mm. we could have the coolest building, we could have the coolest staff, we could have the best processes and systems and computers and you know design and all those things, which are all good, right? Mm. But I realize that they're not enough. They're inadequate unless we can help the patient fulfill this role more effectively, yeah. I just had to ask people, what, you know, what does it mean to fulfill that role? What do they need to do that better? And as we talked to various people, I had a second epiphany. Mm. <laughs> and it was that it's really about managing change. Wow. Right? It's about <laughs> managing change. So there's two kinds of change. There's a the change that goes on around us. So like early in my career, we didn't have Skype to connect you know, with wherever yeah. you're at to wherever I'm at, right? I mean, this yeah. wasn't possible. It just it, the technology did not exist. But mm. now, of course, it does. So you've got to keep up with that kind of stuff because it's constantly changing around us. Exactly. And so that's one thing, right? Yeah. But more important, what I realized was how do we change ourselves? How mm. do we change what we do? what we think, who we are becoming, that mm -hmm. process of change that's inside. And that felt like that was much more important. And so that led me to studying change models. And mm. I guess it's too surprising that different people have different theories about how we change as human yeah. beings. Yeah. There's big fancy words like the trans-theoretical model of change. <laughs> and there are simpler versions and, right? But I kind of, because I was a finance guy for a lot of years. And so I built a spreadsheet and I listed out each of these change models. And I was trying to understand these components, right? The different parts yeah. and how yeah. they fit together. And this was the next epiphany, maybe my last big one, maybe not. But anyways, one another big thing that came to me that was surprising was mm -hmm. that at the beginning or at the base of all of these change models, yeah. or in other words, as a prerequisite to being successful in managing change as a human being mm. was the idea or this concept of personal or intrinsic motivation. Mm. So this, what, you know, that, when you think of motivation, what do you think of? Motivation, I feel like it's the, it's the, it's the mental state of feeling or desiring to achieve more if I'm not mistaken, or to do more. Yeah, well, that's a beautiful way to think of it, right? It's kind of what helps us want to do something. 
Mm -hmm. Right. So we have to know how to do something right. And that's mostly what we see on the Internet, you know, on YouTube is how do I, you know, fix my drywall? Yeah. <laughs> how do I do a podcast? How do I do this? Right. It's most of the stuff is about how. But motivation is about, well, why would I want to do that? You know, what is my motivation, my um, my natural drive? And so I thought, wow, motivation. And in work, you know, I had been a leader in businesses for a long time. When I thought of motivation, <laughs> a little embarrassed, but you always think about motivation as how do I get people to do what I want them to do? <laughs> <laughs> and, and we think about in business, we think about levers. If I pull this lever, I'm going to unleash more motivation. If I pull this lever, you know, I can do more. And so it's mostly about doing more, right? It's getting things done. And it's mostly about getting things done that I want to be done as an employer. Mm -hmm. But this kind of motivation that allows you and, and me and everyone who's watching or listening that's that drives us, if you will, is our personal motivation. So by definition, it can't come from the boss and it can't come from our partner and it can't come from our parents. It's really got to come from inside of us. And so I started studying this as an idea, as a concept. And I'll try to cut this a little bit short, but um, I spent about two years studying and researching. Mm -hmm. And there's three thematic areas or three areas and I uncovered 10 principles in those three areas mm -hmm. so the first area is our values making our own core personal values explicit that's mm. really the foundation so if we think of like a tree that's like the roots and the ground and the yeah. deeper they go the more productive and effective they are at bringing moisture and nutrients to the tree, right? Those mm -hmm. are making your values explicit. Mm. And then we move into the trunk and the trunk is really about building a foundation of how do I get things done, right? So it's the sources of motivation to accomplish things. And then you get up into the trunk and into the branches, we get into what's called self compassion which mm. is a which is a sustainable way a superior way to work on or create or engage with self-esteem mm -hmm. mm -hmm. right and so it's these three areas like self-esteem efficacy and our values and then the principles that underlie those that really create the roots and the trunk and the branches Mm -hmm. And once we've got all of those foundations built, what happens in the season is we bear lots of fruit. That's yeah. when we get lots of stuff done. Yeah. And far too often people have weak roots and weak trunk and small branches, and they want to produce lots of fruit. And they mm -hmm. work hard and they work hard and they work hard and they're trying to get more done. They're trying to do better in school. They're trying to work hard at their job. They're trying to be a good family member. You know, all these things in their life. And they're frustrated and they're tired and they're anxious and they get depressed or discouraged or even burned out. Yeah. And we have all these things that happen and it's because of an imbalance. We're working on how to get more done without yeah. the foundations of that root and trunk and branches that actually by nature, without a lot of more work, create the kind of results that we all want. And so it's really about creating that balance in our lives. And, and that's what my book is about. It's the foundations of that balance that mm -hmm. applies to all people. It doesn't matter what our race is, what our gender is, what our education level is, what we may be done in the past or not done in the past. None of that matters, right? It only matters that at this moment, when you're listening or watching to this and you start thinking about it and you go, huh, I never thought about it that way. And yeah. at that point, wherever you are, and again, where you are doesn't matter. It makes absolutely no difference. The only thing that matters then is that you make some small decisions today that, mm. well, I want a trajectory that's going up. A trajectory oh. where I'm the captain, just like we were going to try to help our patients to be the captain of the care team. These principles apply to more than just healthcare. They apply to our entire life and all domains of our life. 
And so yeah. by aligning our lives with these principles, not me, David, telling you what to do, because <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> it's, it's really sharing these principles and a few ideas on how to implement them in simple, normal, natural ways that a person can then start to enjoy those benefits of more meaning and purpose in life, mm -hmm. more motivation, so more desire and drive, if you will, to do mm -hmm. the things that you know you should do so that when you start to learn how to do the things, that you are actually learning how to do things that you want to do, that you yeah. have motivation to do, and that will move your vision for your life forward mm. as a whole balanced person. And that's really what it's, that, that's what my work and what my book is all about. Well, so um, I'm curious, like how you have talked about balance, which is a very good concept. And I feel many people out there have this as a challenge, a very big challenge. So I don't know if uh, it's okay for you to give us a bit of what's in the book or your own perception of how to reach that balance. So I think the key to balance is that we balance the doing in our life. So like the things that we do, mm -hmm. like you get up in the morning, you probably have a list of things, right? That you want yeah. to do today. I have a podcast in the morning. I have some follow-up I need to do. I need to check emails. I need to, you know, do some writing or make some phone calls or whatever it is, right? We've got a to-do list. Mm -hmm. I think the key to balance is to balance the doing on this side with the becoming, right? Wow. Who am I becoming? Mm. So that the person that you are becoming supports the kind of things that you want to do and that you need to do. Mm -hmm. And the balance of those two things allows you to grow up with strength, depth, yeah. resilience, perseverance these kinds of things come from that kind of balance mm. oh that's a very powerful answer i i really like the way you have simplified it because when people talk of balance the challenge that many of us have is we want to do more like you said we want to do more and at the end of the day we actually do less and we end up being frustrated so what would be your advice to someone who is in that position or at that point where they feel they are frustrated, they are doing more, and they just feel like they just can't get enough done? And this, I don't mean to be trite, and I don't mean to be disrespectful. Mm -hmm. There are probably any number of things that a person might do. But again, I'm mostly interested in creating strong foundations. Because mm -hmm. it's those foundations that increase our capacity to do more, right? And so the first thing, and it's the first chapter in my book for a reason. So mm -hmm. you might think about if I'm just kind of overwhelmed by all the stuff I want to do, I would add one more thing to it. Careful <laughs> 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 to do. <laughs> so this is something though, it takes about two hours. You can do it all in one chunk. A lot of people might find it easier to do in a couple of chunks, like an hour one week and an hour the next week. So if you can find some time, um, and I'm pretty confident that almost anybody can find an hour out of an entire seven-day week mm -hmm. to focus on something that's important to you, right? So this is the beginning of this creating this motivation or uncovering this motivation mm -hmm. is to spend an hour to make your own core values explicit. What do and, you mean? What's that? What, what do you really mean by that, making your core values explicit? So there are probably, there are four distinct steps. Mm -hmm. The first, which is pretty challenging, it sounds pretty easy to say it, but it's fairly challenging to do it is to take a list of values. In my book, I have a list of 117 of the most common values, a very broad range of values that could be personal, work, spiritual, physical, mental, etc. Yeah. Um, and you need to hone that down to your top five. Your top five core values. 
And the reason we do this is that if I say I've got 27 values that are really important to me, well, I can't remember what I ate for dinner last night, let alone 27 values. So mm -hmm. we need to simplify and get down to what is absolutely core values that I would live under any circumstance. Mm. So that's the first step. And that'll probably take about an hour because it, it takes a little bit of, you know, mental process, a little bit of work to kind of go down and say, well, why do I like this value more than that one? And, mm -hmm. and to kind of go through that process. But we, once you get down to the top five, you need to then make them explicit. And that's a three-step process. Yeah. The first step is to simply define it. So for example, one of my core personal values is transparency. Mm -hmm. So that might mean something different to you, Nkumbu, than it does to me or to somebody else who's listening or watching, right? So yeah. I need to define that for me, since these are my core values, not somebody else's, but mine, what does that mean to me? And mm. so to me, I simply defined it because it doesn't have to be a paragraph or a page. It can be yeah. very short, right? To me, it is simply that I don't have hidden agendas. Mm. That's what it means to me. It's very simple. And so then the second step of this process is I say, well, what does my behavior look like if I'm living that value, right? Mm. So one of the things that it means to me is that I don't tell two different people versions of the same story. So when mm. I'm talking to you about, say we're working on a project together and there's yeah. three or four of us in a team, I don't tell you something and marry something else. Because then I've got to remember which story I told which one of you. Yeah. I don't tell something different to a subordinate than I do to the boss, right? Because then all of a sudden I've got all this confusion and right. I don't remember which story I told to which person. And frankly, I just not that smart. So I can't track all of those stories. And then the third step is that I say, well, if that's my value that I've defined, and this is what my behavior looks like if I'm living that value, so what, right? Why does that matter? Why would my life be better? Mm. And so then you just do that. And again, it doesn't have to be a, a paragraph even. It could be a paragraph, but I, I hope not more than that. It could be simply a sentence or two. So for me, it's basically, I don't have to remember stories and that this will help me to be seen as a person that could be trusted. Mm. I think that's a huge value. That's a huge benefit to me because I want people to trust me. And mm. not because I'm a good liar, <laughs> but because I'm transparent, because I'm not a liar, right? I'm not one who's sowing discord over here and sowing togetherness over there. It's, you know, I'm consistent. And mm. so to me that, so, and each of us, we go with that for each of our core values. So that's the process of making it explicit. Wow, <laughs> that's really a fantastic response. Um, just uh, curious, to I'll take you back a bit on some of the things that you talked about uh, on like what you, you have written, something that caught my eye on your website and profile where you said values are nice, but really necessary, right? What do you mean by this? But, but not really necessary, right? It was more like a phrase, but with a question mark. Yeah, and so I what I was talking about there, I hope, <laughs> was that vague values are nice. Yeah. You know, talking about values intellectually as an interesting topic, like we were at a psychology convention, is interesting. It's yes, not, yes. But it's not adequate. Mm. We have to take our vague sense of values or the topic of values and make them personal mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. make them explicit. And yeah. in doing so, they become powerful. powerful. And so I'll give you an example. If you're hungry, you know, you decide you're hungry mm. um, and uh, I'm ready for lunch. And you leave it at that. It's kind of vague. It's kind of. You know, it's not very certain. There's not much to guide you there. It's not very powerful, right? It isn't going to give you a lot of guidance. Yeah. If I take that vague thing and I go, you know, I'm hungry and Mexican food sounds good. And in fact, I think a chimichanga sounds good. And I don't like uh, 
guacamole, so I don't want that, but I do want some sour cream on it. Um, and I know that La Tapatia is a Mexican restaurant about 10 blocks away, and I could actually ride my bike there and be there in 15 minutes. Um, and they're open right now because I just checked on my phone and they're they're open. Yeah. So all of a sudden we've made this thing explicit and it can be powerful in my life because I can actually get on my bike and I can ride over there and I can get a chimichanga with a sour cream on it. Mm-hmm. Now that's for me, right? Because that's that's specific for me. For you, it might be completely different. Mm-hmm. I want um, tofu. Uh, and I want it at this Indian restaurant, uh, and it's, you know, 15 blocks away, and I like this kind of thing. And so for you, it's going to be different. But when you make that explicit, you make mm. it specific, it becomes actionable. You can act on it. Mm. And then then you can satisfy the hunger, right? The, the drive was there, but it was so vague as to not have any power to it. So what we're doing is taking our values from this vague thing that doesn't have a lot of power. It just leaves us with a comfortable feeling sometimes and a nagging, uncomfortable feeling other times. And it makes it powerful in our lives to help guide our lives. Mm. And one of the most surprising things, because I've always felt values were important, but I'd never Mm. really bothered to make them powerful in my life. The research tells us if we will do this simple process, again, it's free, and it only takes a couple of hours. But if we'll do that, we, we will have a greater sense of meaning or purpose in our life. Yeah. We will have more focus, mm. less languishing. We'll have more clarity in our thinking. And mm. just because without getting into a lot of detail, because of the way every single mind works, mm. we will open up potential and possibility around our values. Yeah. And we will start to ignore things that are against our values. So wow. we have less fuzzy thinking and more clarity around our thinking. And mm. we start this foundation of motivation, of personal motivation that then guides and gives energy towards all the other things that we want to do in our life. It's really, as human beings, we're so amazing. And it's amazing that we all can work in these ways in the same way. It's similar across the board. Wow. Wow. That's 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 really amazing. I really like the way you're bringing out the points like so clear and yeah, they are coming out without you having to even think about it. <laughs> well, I'm so glad. Thank you. I, I, I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm doing better. Well, you know, I just published the book in January um, and it was much more, gosh, I don't remember. <laughs> it was not as, I'm getting better at it over time as we always do, right? That's very true. So, like, what really, really inspired you writing the book? As someone might be wondering, what's, well, firstly, what's the title of the book, Dream? Or what's the title? It's called New You, Who Knew? New You? Who Knew? I don't know. if you, I did, Is this on audio or video as well? Yes. Who, so new, like that. who knew? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So here's what it says on the front. It says, surprising foundations. There are these 10 principles that are foundations for every human being. Yeah. To get more done, because we do want to get more done, but mm-hmm. to feel more connected. That's this balance, right? Connection. Yeah. And to stay balanced, the doing and the becoming in a rapidly changing world. Wow. So what's like, what was uh, from, from your experience, you have had a vast amount of experience and you have met different kinds of people. And uh, I'm curious to, uh, to really hear your view or your perception of what makes some people seem to achieve more while others seem frustrated. Like people are in the same workplace or people are in the same class, but there are always those that seem to achieve more than others. Yeah. Is it the concept of what you've talked about not having enough values or there's something more to that? That is a challenging, <laughs> that's a, that is not an easy question to answer. Mm. Uh, and it will depend somewhat from person to person, frankly. Yeah. There are some common foundations or common themes or principles, however, that help us understand that. 
if I has a much younger man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I might have said something like, well, some people try harder or some people have better study skills or some people, right? I mean, I could list out things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would not have been wrong. But as I've gotten a little bit older and I've you know, had just a little more life that I've experienced, mm-hmm. I have moved strongly away from making simple snap judgments about people, right? Because wow. we're all human beings. And while our genetics, right, yours, mine, and everybody who's watching or listening, our genetics, no matter what our race or our background is or where we were born, if we're taller, if we're short or fat or skinny or grow a mustache or can't grow a mustache or are bald or have lots of hair, whatever, our our genetics are 99 0.9% the same. Mm. All the variation that we see that mostly is external, but some is internal as well, right? Um, is in that 0.1%. <laughs> yeah. And so, but in that though, I was I was on a podcast with a woman who's a physiologist just the other day. Mm-hmm. I mean, not a physiologist, she's a physical therapist. Yeah. And, you know, well, we all have like a head and a neck and, you know, we have a spine and arms and legs and feet and fingers and all that jazz. They're all a little different, right? They're none of them. No two is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And so I try to, in fact, this is the ninth principle in the book, is this mm-hmm. idea that we're all largely the same. And no matter how unique we think we are, there, there are other people that share our background, our history, our circumstances, our language, our culture, our challenges, frankly. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, there are out of 8 billion people on the planet, there are enough people that are enough like us yeah. that we have people that we can rely on. You know, we're not alone. None of us has to be alone. So this idea that we're all kind of similar, but we're all kind of different, um, mm-hmm. but we're complex in that way, right? Mm-hmm. We were all raised a little different. We have different gifts and strengths. We have different upbringings. Um, some of us have been gifted with more resources or less resources. Mm-hmm. So in this regard, every person's circumstance is unique. And so I can't look at any one person and just judge them and say, well, they're not doing well in school, you know, because of the obvious things. I think mm-hmm. we have to look at each person and yeah. they have to look at themselves and then they have to connect with others, right, who are interested. So, for example, if I'm not doing as well in school, mm-hmm. I can connect with others who maybe are not doing well. So we yeah. can say, what are we doing wrong together, right? Yeah. What could we? And then we might talk to some people who are doing better. And they might give us some ideas around what they've done, you know, that maybe is different from what I've done. Um, Maybe some people, if we think of a vertical line, some people started up here, right? So maybe they were born into a family with a little more resources. Um, They were taught to read at a young age, you know, and they got tutors and, you know, so they were like, way advanced in first grade and and they've just kind of stayed you know they've got a a stronger foundation they got the help they need maybe they're natively bright whatever yeah somebody else might start down here so maybe their family situation was tough you know maybe one of the parents left the scene (laughs) and so the uh, you know existing parent has to work and raise the kids and do the laundry and everything else and maybe they didn't get any tutors and maybe they didn't get read to when they were young. And, you know, yeah. maybe life is just a little more challenging and difficult. Right. So they're in different places on a line mm-hmm. where we are on this line, as I think I alluded to earlier, doesn't yeah. make any difference. Right. Mm-hmm. Because maybe this person had more when they started. Mm-hmm. Is just sailing. You know, they're just like, yeah, I had it good. And so I'm pretty smart. I'll just. I'll get decent grades and I don't have to work very hard. And their trajectory is flat, basically. Yeah, yeah. The person down here, maybe they've had this realization, right? They're listening to the podcast. 
Mm-hmm. And they're going, you know, I like what Nkumbu's talking about and what David's talking about. So what I want to do is wherever I'm at, because I can't control it, right? What got me here is all in the past. And that's out of yes. my control, right? Yes. So all I can do is say today from wherever I'm at on this line, yeah. which doesn't matter because it's out of my control, I could kick myself or I could do whatever mistakes I've made, but that doesn't do you any good. So all yeah. you can do is say today, I'm going to make a choice to do something different that I believe will make my life better. Not 47 things, a single thing based wow. on something I saw, right? And if I did that, I, I started to make this trajectory going up. Mm. And if we look at your life more than just I had a rough day, right? If we look at it over some period of time, what we'll realize is that eventually, if this person who started up here is flatlined, they're just sailing, they're going with the flow, and this person is on an upward trajectory, eventually, they're going to meet. And the person on the upward trajectory is going to (laughs) pass, right? They're going to pass because they're not sailing. They are being the captain of their own life. And oh. they're aligning their life with the principles that, in fact, guide human success. Hey. And as long as we do that, and the more we do that, and the more consistently we do it, realizing that we're none of us is perfect, right? We're human beings, but we follow these principles. We're going to accomplish. We're going to become. We're going to be balanced. And we're going to manage really well in this rapidly changing world of ours. I know that's a long answer to a simple question, but like I said, I can't answer it in a simple way because there is no simple answer because it's going to vary on the individual person. What I think is at the core of this entire book is that you as an individual realize that your life is important. Care about yourself as a human being that matters. And I promise you, your life matters, then you say, okay, then do I want to fight against the natural principles that create human success? Mm -hmm. Do I want to kick against them and fight them and deny them and argue against them? Or do I want to align my life with them and allow them to carry me in a direction of my own choosing? It's not somebody else telling me what to do, but I choose and then have success on my trajectory of my life to greater accomplishment, greater connection, greater meaning and purpose, and greater balance. Mm. Do I want to do that, or do I want to do something else? Right? And that's a, we all have to ask the question. And if you don't want to, that's fine, right? Because that's your answer. I am not going to do that. Then you just know, just like if I step off the edge of a cliff, I don't get to choose whether or not gravity applies. Yeah. Because I promise you every time gravity applies. (laughs) And so this is the same thing. These are natural principles. They're simply how human nature has worked 3,000 years ago, and it will be 3,000 years from now. These are just the basics. And so once we choose to not step off the cliff or to step off the cliff, right, it's up to us. But once we've made the choice, the consequences are inevitable and they will follow. Mm -hmm. We may be mad that that happens that way, right? If I stay up drinking all night last night and then I have an early test this morning, I may have enjoyed what I did last night, but I will inevitably pay the price. I don't get to choose. Once I made the choice, because that choice was made last night, right? Once I made that choice, the consequences will follow inevitably. And that's just how life is, right? Our life and our joy and our success, our happiness, our connection, our balance, our, all of those things are based upon our choices, okay, not fine. our circumstances. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's really amazing. Like, uh, I'm getting transformed just by hearing you talk. <laughs> <laughs> So well, that's the beautiful thing about this whole idea of a new you, you know, yeah. often people ask me, well, how long does it take to become a new me? Yeah. Well, really, it can happen in a moment, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is not a one and done kind of thing. Yeah. As we think about this as a process of becoming, mm-hmm. but this is a journey that brings joy and satisfaction to life 
throughout our entire life. And it doesn't matter if you're a younger man like yourself or an older man like myself, we can be on this path, this trajectory till the day we die. Wow. I mean, and why not? Mm. Why would I not want to be on a path of joy and leadership and connection and balance throughout my life? It never ends. And that's why this process of new you, it doesn't have an end point. It's not like two years from now, you're a new you. It's this ongoing constant process that mm. since the joy does not come from the destinations in our lives, the mm. joy in our lives comes from the process of our lives. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's really fantastic. Like, wow. Mm. So I'm curious now on uh, how, what makes the book different? Uh, I think I may answer that, but I want you to say, I want you to say it. I may answer that from the way you're speaking, because you're speaking from, it's like a story of your life. But yeah. I, want you, I want you to say, how is the book different? So I think it's different in a couple of ways. Mm -hmm. Most books of this type are written for employers. Yeah. on how, how to pull the levers to get your employees to do stuff. That's mm -hmm. how most books are read. This book is written specifically to individuals, to you as an individual, to me as an individual. Yeah. Secondly, it's written to people that are living more average lives. Um, my target audience for the book is for, well, the principles apply to everybody. Yeah. We have fewer resources in our lives. The necessity of aligning them with correct principles is much greater. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For example, if Beyonce is having a bad day, do you know who Beyonce is? Balance? Beyonce, the singer? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So if she's having a bad day, she has somebody who can cook her meals for her. Yeah. She has a personal trainer who's going to make sure she gets her workout in. She has a business manager who's going to make sure she makes it to her meeting and makes the decisions she needs to be, right? She has a gardener who's going to take care of the lawn. She has yeah. somebody who cleans the windows for her. She has, you know, somebody who can help out with the laundry. She has resources to hire all these things to get these things done, right? But most likely, and I don't know what your situation is, maybe, you know, maybe you're Beyonce's long lost uh, brother or something. So, you know, and, and she takes care of you. But most of us, we got to do our own laundry and we got to make our own decisions and we've got to show up for work on time and we've got to, you know, do our homework for our classes. And, you know, we are living our own lives. And yeah. so, and we have to do it, our, most of it, not that don't, people don't help us. I don't want to, deny that that is i mean we are all helped by other people right yeah um but but we have to do more of it ourselves and so it's much more critical that we are align our lives with these principles because they're going to help us right they're going to help us in that kind of a situation so that's who i wrote the book for was people with normal everyday lives um and the other thing, I guess the last thing, is that I think it's different because it's not the master course. Mm. So often, you know, we're trying to grow this fruit out here. We want all the cherries. We want all the apples, right? We want all this fruit of our labors. But we don't build the roots and the trunk and the branches to support all that fruit. And so my focus is really on building these foundations. Mm-hmm. The advantage of that is profound. If we compare a tree with weak roots and trunk and branches, during the good times, is that tree going to produce more or less than if it had a strong root, trunk, and branches? Mm. It's going to produce more, right? Yeah. Now, let's take, I mean, the, the tree with the strong roots and trunk is going to produce more than one with the weak roots and trunk during the good times. Yeah. Now, during the bad times, and we all have bad times, let's face it, you know, we all have bad seasons, right? Yeah. And so during those times, the weak tree is always focused on producing, but doesn't have the foundations built, 
is going to be much more likely to suffer catastrophic failure. Mm -hmm. Whereas the tree with the strong roots and trunk and branches that it's built and sustained. So in the bad times, it's still going to produce more than the weak tree. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Maybe less than if everything was just right, but it's going to produce much more than the, than the weak tree. And perhaps more importantly, it will avoid catastrophic failure. So like in a tree world, if it rains a lot, and the ground is saturated, and then a big wind comes along, that weak tree mm -hmm. is going to be more likely to blow over. Yeah. Catastrophic failure, right? As a human being, if I'm trying to get all this stuff done, but I don't have this native capacity, the person I have become to actually carry that, mm. when the hard times come, and maybe I get fired, and I've got a relationship problem, and I'm getting bad grades in school, all of a sudden, the combination of these things, it's a bad season, I give up. I become despondent. I get depressed. Mm. I get burned out. Mm. Um, right? And so we want to avoid those kinds of catastrophic failures. And the things that happen outside and around us, like getting fired or, you know, whatever, um, layoffs at work or, you know, changes in the economy, these things happen to all of us, right? Mm. I can't control those, but I can control who I am becoming so that when these things happen, I can, I am better able to deal with them with resilience and perseverance yeah. and a sense of meaning and that my life is okay still. I'm still moving in the right direction. Maybe this is a down season, but it isn't the end of the world, right? Because I have a vision. So like the Fourth principle is about intentionality, which is creating a vision for my life that I want to make steps to plans for and actually carry out those plans to achieve. You know, this is the getting things done part. But yeah. I can build those skills, but then I balance that with the self-compassion part, which is I'm a human being. I'm not perfect, so I'm going to make mistakes. Yeah. And I'm not going to beat myself up because I've made mistakes. And I recognize that I'm a human being. And so I'm subject to these kinds of, you know, illnesses, outside influences. Um, and I'm, I'm not a machine, right? I'm just not a machine. So I recognize it about myself and I kind of give myself a break and I reach out and I connect with others as I'm going through these hard times. So, so this gives me this foundation where I can avoid the catastrophic failure. And I may be a little down, but I don't actually get depressed. And I may be um, frustrated, but I'm not going to get burned out. Right? We avoid the catastrophic things and we sail through them. And other people look in our lives, you know, the Facebook version of ourselves will think, gosh, that Nkumbu, he's got it all together. You know, yeah. he's, he's, you know, so I... I um, but in the real life, not the Facebook version of your life, you do have it all together because you've built these foundations and you've got strength and motivation and purpose to draw on, even when maybe the moisture is not there or there's not enough sunlight or, you know, the, these other factors in our lives aren't there to support us. There's enough there that we get through it. Very true. Wow, fantastic. So, like, since we are approaching the end, I'm curious to hear your, like, your last words for our audience and why they can buy the book or how they can be able to get access to your book and how they can also be able to reach you because I'm sure some people get interested in knowing more about you and your work. You bet. So the easiest way to do that is just my website. Mm -hmm. um, so you can contact me through my website. You can get my book through my website. Um, and that is my name. So www.davidredwards.com. Okay. So that's the easiest way to do it. Um, I do a blog, which I try to post every few weeks. Um, yeah. Something hopefully helpful. And if you're interested in making your values explicit, I actually have a number of posts out there. Mm -hmm. Some people start to think about it and they go, oh, I don't know how to start even. So I give you, I think I have like four or five blogs that give you some really simple ways that involve your cell phone or pictures in a scrapbook or some other really simple ways 
to help you kind of get into that mental model, get into that mode and start thinking about, well, what is important in my life and get mm. through that process. Um, so I guess I, I think I, I invite you to, to go out to the website. Um, I invite people to buy my book. I mean, it can't help you. Um, maybe you don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it were possible. But think of it this way. If I have an apple and you have an apple and we exchange apples, how many apples do we each have? One. We both still have one, don't we? Yeah. But if I have an idea and you have an idea and we share our ideas back and forth, how many ideas do we each have? Two. Two. Yeah. So it, I promise you that if you look at the book and you only pull one thing out of it that is helpful to you, it is worth way more than the price of the book. I don't mm. want you to become overwhelmed with it. Look for mm -hmm. one thing that will be a benefit to your life. Mm -hmm. And once you implement that and make it a part of your life, right? You've gone through that, then you're that much better off. Yeah. And you can do that over and over and over again. I've had a lot of people tell me, Dave, there's a lot of stuff in your book, but what I'm going to do is in six months, I'll read it again. And then wherever I'm at at that point, because I'm in this constant process of becoming a new you, a new mm. me, right? Something else will come out and yeah. I will be able to add that to my repertoire, if you will, to my skill set, to who I am becoming. And then maybe a year later, there's be something else, right? This is this lifelong process of becoming a new you. I mean, who knew? Oh, that's, 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 that's really amazing. It has really been a very fantastic conversation and I'm hoping that we may have probably another session where we can even be able to discuss the responses of people and how they are going to react to the video or the conversation and those who are also going to purchase the book. It has really been a great honor to have you with us on Top Base. Thank you very much. I really love your podcast and I thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, David.